Summer 2013. J.J. Abrams calls Lawrence Kasdan to discuss writing Star Wars Episode 7. Uh, hello? Uh, hey Larry, it's JJ. Uh, I just wanted to follow up regarding Daisy's character Kira, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Ray, and, uh, who she might be related to. Uh, that's a good idea, JJ. You know, when we wrote Empire, George really shrunk the universe down from this big war to a connected family and made it all about relationships, and I love that type of storytelling, so that's a, that's a good idea. Okay, great. So, uh, I have an idea. Uh, I have a hat here and uh, some ping pong balls, and I wrote the name of a famous Star Wars character on each of them. So uh, I will jingle them around, and uh, we'll pick one out, and we'll connect Ray to that character. Okay, we're jingling, and we're jangling. Uh, here we go. Uh, it is Kenobi. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, so we're going to set her up as a Kenobi. Uh, uh, okay, JJ, but I prefer her to be connected to Han Solo. He's my favorite character, uh, because... Uh, that's great, Larry, but, uh, the balls have spoken, uh, so let's go with that. Uh, it will be incredible. It's gonna be great. Uh, so I'll see you tomorrow for lunch, uh, and we can work on this. Uh, okay, JJ, I'll get us a table and order an appetizer. Uh, I'll see you then. Sounds great, Larry. Uh, can't wait. Uh, okay, bye. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. Thanks for joining us today. James and Lacey with me as always. So there you have it. We found out how JJ and Lawrence Kasdan decided to connect Ray to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ping pong balls. It's as simple as that sometimes, folks. It's not a big deal. You just jingle jangle some ping pong balls around and, and pick out a name and there you have it. So uh, were you guys surprised that that's how they came to that decision? Did Lawrence Kasdan write Balls of Fury? I don't know. He wrote, yeah, he wrote a lot of movies. I don't think he wrote Balls of Fury, though. <laughs> Maybe it was JJ. Maybe. Definitely Balls of Fury inspired. <laughs> the ping pong balls really uh, added to that. Thank you for that. Little uh, special effects. And also, it was almost like the sound of ping pong balls is a very unique sound. Like when you listen, you ever, like when you were a kid, you ever watch like the lotto things? And they got those the, mm-hmm. the air machine and the ping pong balls are banging around. It's a very unique sound. So your numbers are <laughs> there. It is. And yeah, and they turn it. No they turn the ball what, at the camera. Yeah. yeah, seven. I had no clue what was yeah. going on back then. I was like, I was like, what is what's going on? Yes, that that's an eight. I know that's an eight. What's <laughs> and then there's like a four, like trying to get up, but it yeah, can't. It doesn't <laughs> like make underneath it. it. Yeah, I always thought it was funny when you watch those. You'd see like sometimes like two balls would go in at the same time, and you'd be like, imagine if yeah. the other number is your number, and you're just like, come on. <laughs> That's what I just was thinking. It's like yeah. you're like four, seven, twenty-one, eight. And then and it's like three you, and three, but then like yours is five and you see the five like underneath it. It's, yeah, I, I, I don't play the lottery. Um, 
just because it's they say like it's, you have a better chance of getting hit by lightning twice than winning the lottery or whatever. and like attacked by but, sharks seven times or something yeah <laughs> yeah so it's it, it's but it's i always remember watching that because i think my grandparents played the lotto or whatever somebody who played the lotto it's also just late at night they do it before like the next show yeah, it'd be like mm. between Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. But there you go. JJ and Lawrence doing that. So we had that exclusive. Uh, How many very ping not pong fake balls you got in your house? Cool. Well, I, I used to be an avid beer pong player. <laughs> yeah, I, was I, gonna say, I already I, knew. I, I as knew soon it. as you, you said bro, it, you're I was such like, That's, a bro. <laughs> yeah. I knew. I it. used to be. I used to. I'm actually. I, I played not too long ago. I want to say like maybe a year He's ago. He's a recovering BP. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a recovering beer pong player. I used to be very good back in my college Dirtbag days. Bag mode I, engaged. <laughs> I, I found I'm not that good anymore. I could probably um, own you so. in that game. I'm not just saying that. We can do. You want to do a Patreon video? I'm one on one? really good at beer pong. One on one beer pong uh, for and Patreon. flip cup, but no elbows over the table. That's all I'm saying. All right. okay. A flip cup, I'll destroy everybody. It's not even close. But um, <laughs> why? Because it's a solo cup. Do you correct? And you know who's good at? You know who's also really good at uh, flip cup? Lawrence Kasdan. He's a and he's not only just a decorated you know what's writer. Funny? He probably is, and we have no idea. <laughs> I wish probably. I had a cup to practice uh, doing sound effects on that for. But um, oh, speaking of solo and, and Kazdin and all that stuff, um, we are going to be doing another live stream uh, coming up on September 25th. But it's going to be different than the other one we did a, a week or so ago. Um, we're on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. One of the perks is we do audio and video commentaries of Star Wars movies. And we're going to start doing The Mandalorian soon. And we just happen to be hitting our next goal thanks to uh, people signing up uh, recently. Uh, so thank you, everybody. And the next goal happens to be solo. Uh, and uh, Friday, the 25th, uh, September 25th, is the two-year anniversary solo hits home video. And the two-year anniversary, unfortunately, of Make Solo 2 happened. So we're two years into the movement. Um, but what we're going to do is a live uh, stream of the commentary. We're obviously not going to have the audio or the video of the movie up because it'll get taken down. But we'll have some kind of ticker on there so you know where to join us via Disney+. Plus, And you can watch along as we do the commentary and light up the chats, all that stuff. And we're also going to have, hopefully by then, our Make Solo 2 Happen pins available to purchase. And also we're going to bring back the red shirt and our other Make Solo 2 Happen merch at a discounted price. Uh, and it's going to be uh, a good time celebrating uh, Solo once again because we love it. Love Solo. Um, so um, I know we're in the early stages of planning that, but you guys are a little fired up to do a little mini Make Solo 2 Happen type of day? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I'm, you know, like I've said before, like I'm always the kind of the, the technical, like how are we going to make that thing work or whatever. But that was the first thing is like, yeah, we'll put the movie up, and then we're like, oh, shoot, we can't do that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to yeah. figure out exactly all the, the ins and outs of it. But um, yeah. I know that we've had so many people join our Patreon just to get us to that point, so I'm actually really excited to to do that one yeah. uh, in particular as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. I, I'm probably just going to yell out random character names. You know when Therm comes on. Darth Maul. <laughs> Therm says our punch. Um, no, I'm really excited. It's definitely, I think, the most fun Star Wars movie that's come out with Disney. So it's just going to be that much more fun to watch. Um, yeah. Plus, we have the whole campaign and everything. But, um, you know, it's one of those Star Wars movies, like I said, that you leave feeling good. So I'm excited to leave not in a sad place. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, 
Because I believe our next commentary after that is TLJ. Oh, God. So Luke dies, you know. So Solo, you know, the, the some people die in Solo. I'm going to get that alert, high and then come crashing yeah, down the next right. one. So it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. We'll give you more details in the in the days ahead and the, the weeks uh, leading up to it. Like today is, what, the 14th? So we have 11 days. Um, and we'll get you more details on uh, how to get involved with us on that. Basically, it's just uh, following along on the stream. And uh, but yeah, we'll get more details out to you in that. Uh, There's something I need to know before that, though. Yeah. So James has been teasing. He bought something in the discord chat and he has not told us what it is yet. So I would like to know what said thing is because he's mm. been teasing. it. Wait, let's guess. Let's guess. I believe it is a life size job of the hut puppet. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to be super jealous if it's one of like the Target plushes that I can't find anywhere mm-hmm. in Galaxy's Edge. But Oh, Galaxy's Edge? Okay. It's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is this. Ooh, the Darksaber. <laughs> yes. The way you just said that so what was that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, no, don't isolate the Because here's the thing. Saber. Ooh, the dark saber. What? <laughs> what was that? That's how Moff is going to say it in season two. I hate it. I, I wanted this when it came out, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like, I was like, I probably won't buy it, though, because, you know, toys, whatever. Yeah. But then I that's got to I the toy say. store, and I was looking. Yeah, I was looking at it, and I was like, man... If there's ever a toy that I should support, it's the Darksaber because I've been a fan of that toy, of that concept for too long. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally now they're like, oh, it's in live action. No, we can make a toy out of it. So I'm like, all right, well. I was going to say, how does it feel that that it's live action? And you're like, but what about animation? (laughs) Demographics. actually, Actually, it's funny. There's nothing Mandalorian on the packaging at all. Really? Because it because it's a spoiler. So all of the packaging is Clone Wars and and Rebels stuff. Interesting. I know they've been mm-hmm. pushing like this kind of generic Star Warsy packaging. It's like white and blue or something like that. But no, it, Wait, it's light definitely. It up. Did you light it up yet? Oh yeah. Ooh, it has a cool noise too. It's uh, it's so funny. Are you gonna try to break it like uh, Giancarlo Esposito did? He it looks like a machete. Now that's a knife. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not the best at recognizing when you're hitting. And well, stuff, it's not like a force. F- it does FX do that. One, it's a yeah, like a yeah. step down. And it one. does this too when you hit like something and hold it. Like Ooh. James, can you cut it's a very sandwich Power with Rangers. that? I don't know if anybody's seen the yeah. Power Rangers toys. Like the oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. I like it too because it's kind of shorter. Yeah, but like it kind of makes it like half knifey. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's yeah. a knife. I do have the packaging over there, but yeah, it's it's got like Sabine Wren holding it. You know, it's like very Rebelsy and mm. and got Maul and on it and stuff from the best lightsaber battle. Right but on. so not 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 a life size uh, Jabba puppet. That's I fine. wish I had that. Puppet. No, that was close. I that's know, coming. That's I was thinking. Um, uh, Amazon right. Prime deal. So but. let's get rock and rolling here and get into the Resistance report. the resistance a little bit of news that i think everybody has been long awaiting right mandalorian season two update um just like all the movies when they come out you get that 
that either that variety or that entertainment weekly uh cover story and it just goes into all the details and stuff this is the mandalorian version of that we finally got it um entertainment weekly like i said um they're doing the story and they they give us just a a blast of every like every different character and what they're up to and um you know all the creators obviously favreau and feloni are involved in this interview it was good it just um it put forth a lot of excitement uh, i think this is probably uh you know if if anybody works at lucasfilm and they're on twitter they're probably like get ready for the mandalorian promotional campaign <laughs> yeah. like this is probably the start of it um so uh, that's, that's not to be said too, that we did, we didn't get all these photos, right? Lots of new photos from the episode that everybody was going in and dissecting much like we did with the logo, um, a little bit ago, but yeah, John, what did you think of, uh, what was the standout here in this? You, did you like the photos? Did you like the article? Um, uh, I, I didn't really, the, the photos didn't, um, wow me. Uh, it wasn't like, Oh wow. It, it Mm-hmm. Not much seemed new besides um, Grief Karga having a white beard now, which was a little strange. But um, I guess he stopped using just for Mando. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't try that one out on Twitter. That's a first there. Did it? Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, Favreau's quotes I found interesting because you know I watched Game of Thrones and he uh, actually made a nod to the type of storytelling they do that they did there. Um, and for what people want to hate Game of Thrones for how it ended, but it changed. TV. There would be no Mandalorian if it wasn't for Game of Thrones. That's the bottom line. Um, so he said the new season is about introducing a larger story. Stories become less isolated. Uh, each each episode has its own flavor. Uh, and also he said. Uh, uh, as we introduced other characters, there are opportunities to follow their storylines. Uh, the world was captivated by Game of Thrones and how evolved its characters follow different storylines. So I think that is pretty telling that there's might be whole episodes of the show where we don't even see the Mandalorian. Because um, that's happened on Game of Thrones where you're like, oh my God, we didn't even focus on the main character on this. We were just mm-hmm. over on this spot here with these two people and developing them to this point. So we may go on a on a tangent, whether that's you know the Ahsoka thing or or other characters we've seen in season one. Uh, so I find that interesting. But also, you know, one thing that kind of slipped through the radar a little bit was uh, Gina Carano uh, saying that um, she had Pedro Pascal remove his helmet when she was doing dialogue with him when the camera was just on her uh, yeah. so that she can see his face and stuff, which is basically them telling you that Pedro Pascal's in the suit this time. Uh, instead of that one cameo when he takes his helmet off in front of IG-11 in, uh, at the end of season one. So he's actually in the suit acting, which makes you wonder, uh, do they just change the Mandalorian's mannerisms to more fit his style? Or do they try to tailor him to what the stuntmen were doing and how they walk and stuff? That, that stuff is kind of important. Um, but I found that very interesting that they kind of slid that in there. That Because I still feel like they want the main general audience to think that it was always Pedro Pascal. Even though the diehards yeah. know exactly that he was not in the suit, <laughs> not even diehards. Um, uh, anybody who watched Gallery? Yeah, right. Because yeah. we were surprised that they they mentioned that. Right. So I, I think they they want to still keep that on the lower end of things. Uh, but I think that's cool that it's confirmed he's going to be he was acting in the suit. Uh, I'm guessing for the most part besides some big action stuff. So um, those are my two main takeaways. And of course, my favorite shot is the one of Moff Gideon really focused in on his face. Uh, mm-hmm. Very Irvin Kershner type of shot. Um, and he looks very pensive 
and you know that that picture could tell a thousand things and i'm just i really have this feeling that he's going to steal the show in season two regardless of the conglomerate of old favorite characters and and mando favorite characters that we have coming in i really think he's going to be the one that uh steals the spotlight baby yoda aside of course but uh so those are my thoughts (laughs) yeah they talked a lot about baby yoda stealing the spotlight in this what would you think of the article and the pictures and stuff Lacey? i think it's a lot of information i it caught a lot of us off guard because it was like monday morning and here was all this information we were like wait what there's star wars news and there's tons of it great because um, yeah. we haven't had much. But uh, the photos, like John said, nothing crazy. They're super cool. Um, I definitely shared all of them and uh, tweeted about them and stuff. But to me, it looks like they're all from the same episode. And we kind of saw this last year with uh, season one where John Favreau would release information, but the information he would release is a very specific 10 minute time frame. So it gives nothing away. And like all the photos mm-hmm. are from the same thing. Um, I think this is the case, is that all these photos are probably from episode one, I would bet. Um, I love that Baby Yoda is in in the little bag, <laughs> like both on the cover and on like, yeah. the speeder bike. He's just like in the bag, just chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to steal this season like they said he would or will. Um, speaking of Gina Carano, she also mentioned that they brought up all the rumors that have come out, which you knew that was going to happen in this article of like all these people that are supposed to come back. And she said some are true yeah. and some aren't. So that's interesting because they list like I think six or seven people that have been thrown out Ro- there. Rosaria Dawson, Rosaria Dawson, Tamara Morrison, mm-hmm. Katie Sackoff, and Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. So she a- said and- some, but some not. So it could be all of them. It could be one of them. It could be most except one and mm-hmm. yeah. whatever, um, which is cool. Kind of sad, though, because as you guys know, I'm kind of sad that we know so much about it already before the seasons come out. But I think to me, the most exciting thing of the article was that we're getting eight episodes. They're all differing in length, which, again, is super interesting that this show isn't going Mm. by standard time frame, which I feel like is the way that the television industry is kind of changing with this video on demand stuff like they used to have to have a specific time frame for cable because they had commercial breaks so the show would have to be a certain time um whereas now it's like oh well it's all going up on this platform that people pay to have access to so you don't have to have commercials you know Mm -hmm. the platform itself is one big commercial so you don't need to have a specific time and i feel like you know the first season of The Mandalorian, we kind of looked at that as like, this is weird. Why aren't they full hours? Why is this one so short? Why is this one so long? Mm-hmm. But from the descriptions we got from John Favreau and Dave Filoni in this article, I think it's clear that they're thinking more about the story and how it's being told than trying to fit the story into a specific box of time frame yeah. or anything like that, which is good. Um, I'm all for like quality over quantity. Um, and then that fe- it feels like Favreau pulling a finger, not pulling a finger, but pulling his weight there. Or not, I think what, so what too, because throwing his weight yeah, around a little bit. Cause he definitely says that he's, you know, expanding. <laughs> I said pull his finger. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And what did I, I was what like, was all right, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. he, he seems like he's definitely in control, which we knew he was, but I think after season one, he's even in more control. Like he's proven his point. People love it. It's the biggest thing on their platform right now. If not, clearly in star wars right now um that he can just kind of do whatever he wants and i love that i love that flex that he's directing the first episode what he's directing the first episode yeah yeah so 
I thought the article was great. I thought the photos were great. I'm super excited. You know, I, I said this, I think, last week on an episode is like, I miss being excited for Star Wars. And now we're in that period again where we get that buildup of things are coming, um, which yeah. I've missed this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, it's crazy because, um, you know, another piece of news, too, that we're we're actually not like talking about, but we can kind of throw it in here, too, is the whole like ILM is like expanding the volume and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And um, they're they're going to be using it on all these other movies. And uh, it kind of also b- let you know why they brought in Taika Waititi. It's another reason why he was there is to get familiar with the, the software. Cause That's probably already point, knew yeah. at the time. Um, but also in this article, they do talk a lot about how the, the filming process was completed before the COVID lockdown. And then they moved into how they were doing everything remotely and working in smaller groups and, and, uh, um, the, the score being done like in a very specific way. Um, but yet still was able to, to pull off what they, you know, wanted to go for and all this other (laughs) stuff. Can I say this real quick? Ludwig Göransson seems like the first choice you would pick of somebody who'd be totally down with doing his score from his house. Yeah, no, he totally. wrote the first song from like his couch. Like, like I theme. don't think yeah. he owns shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... he owns shoes. <laughs> no, he's like Sorry, super fashionable. Someone... <laughs> I knew someone one time that like basically did not own shoes. Like they went they everywhere. See, that's what I'm saying. Everywhere without yeah. shoes. Yeah. Woo um, woo woo. I've been doing that around my house for like a week and a half. <laughs> you sound like a juggalo. Woo 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 woo. I don't know. It's been stuck in my head. So I'll just be like unloading the dishwasher and I'll be like woo woo woo. <laughs> anyway, um, you gotta get that recorded. Did- Am I crazy? I should redo the song, just me doing the sounds. <laughs> Did he have the uh, the like branding on in season one? Is that a new thing? She well, didn't she give him that? Um, what's her name? Armor. Yeah, armor. the armor. I yeah. hate that word. I, she armor. she gave the armor. the signet and said that it was a signet, but I I didn't particularly remember it showing up. Like when I look at images, I feel like from season one that he didn't have that on there, but he would have had to, right? It looks like it's brand new. He got it the last crazy? episode, so I think he did. Get you think it, it is? Yeah. All right, so that's yeah. not new. But everybody points out like the 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 leg plate and the torn uh, cape and all that stuff as as anytime Probably you ever see that jump. in the marketing, yeah. I don't well, think so. In this, they said it was it picks up right where the last one left off. Well, mm. the, then they do need to explain the grief carga facial hair thing, though. Unless this is one of those things where they were, those aren't finished shots, and those are them in like wardrobe. Well, yeah. it's also not to say that it doesn't pick up where it left off and then does a time jump. Exactly. From yeah. One right. to two. Right. Um, that's always a possibility. Other things that I thought were interesting about the article is is it looks like Giancarlo Esposito says he does in fact go toe to toe with the Mandalorian. So not that he doesn't go with Ahsoka or anything else like that, but I think definitely the the fight that I've been imagining in my head is, you know, him with the Darksaber and Mandalorian having to like overcome that with all of his Mandalorian skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I think that fight is definitely happening. And he also mentions um specific one-on-one time with Baby Yoda. So I mean, I feel like it's a spoiler. I don't I don't I am coming to the conclusion, but to me that screams 
baby Yoda gets kidnapped or taken away. Um, that makes sense because you're not going to kill him. You know, we joked about it, but uh, baby Yoda, I mean, and it's going to age baby Yoda though. He's going to figure something out to get out or do something. And it's going to take him from a baby to like you them showing you that he's smarter than he looks. Maybe that's the time jump then, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the whole tension around season one was how many times he was going to get kidnapped or taken or killed. And you can't do that for two whole seasons again. Because then it's like, all right. Like, oh, we almost got him again. Almost. They didn't get him, though. Get ready for so, the memes once Baby Yoda is kidnapped of just eventually the Mandalorian he's going to yeah, over Liam Neeson with the yeah, I will right. find you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm calling uh, it. No, I, calling I it. Mean, Someone's going to do that. It's going to probably be I me. Agree. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Jeans. I think it is going to happen. Um, but um, my, my last thing on this, and, you know, one's serious and one's not, but the serious part is, you know, Dave Filoni always gets um, labeled as the guy who's, like, expanding Star Wars storytelling uh, and stuff like that. But every time he talks about it, he really simplifies the heck out of it. And he, you know, he says like, you know, it's it's just about these core characters and and these same tropes that you've always heard, and you're telling a simple story that people get and people know, and that's what made our show work. And um, it, it's just that reminder that Star Wars is very simple when you break it down and and take all the filters away. It's all about those same relationships and stuff like that, which I like. And the other thing is, if you take a photo of Grief Karga from season one. And then a photo from him now with the gray beard. It's like you got Apollo Creed, and then you have Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. I feel like he's he's showing both of his classic <laughs> I'm just characters again of the wood <laughs> hand that gets thrown yeah, into yeah. the street, and then the yeah. truck. <laughs> All right, that's a that happens in uh like grief carga or not grief carga um uh Moff Gideon cuts off his hand. Yeah cuts off grief karga's hand right. and then in season three he'll have the wood hand and the wooden hand a reminder. right yeah. and he has to tape it all back together because mandalorian knocks it into the street with the dark saber yeah <laughs> yep <Woo-woo>. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. this is another article too that i i felt that you were right john about um dave filona be dave filoni being groomed as to take over that position of like a lead storyteller or something along those lines, because there were things in this article that made it seem like they were setting up for that eventual job revelation where it's like, we've announced that Dave Filoni is the guy now. The guy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It just felt like there were things in this. And I mean, I hesitate to, to try to look for them right now, but I remember when I was reading it, I was like, this feels like they're setting up to tell you that he's the guy who gets the story. I mean, think about it, right? So, you know he's looking to progress his career just from uh, even a financial standpoint. Live action is where the money is. He wants to, he really has shown his interest in doing more. He said it. He's like, I want to get into live action directing. He shadowed Ryan Johnson on the TLJ set for a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, from a PR standpoint, if Disney is going through all these changes that we're speculating they are, that we've heard that they are behind the scenes and stuff like that, you know, Lacey's heard things, I've heard things, everyone's heard things. Wouldn't it make sense to have him at least involved in part of the new regime of creative? Because then all the people who are like, it's not George Lucas's Star Wars anymore. You can be like, well, it's George Lucas's protege. So you can't really. It's, it's, it's almost like a repellent or like a force field around like protecting. Like Dave Filoni, it's the best job security in the world. 
That's all I'm gonna say. Um, but I, and you know, I think that's cool. But I also hope Favreau sticks around too. But we'll see about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I I hate to to dog on uh, Rejwan again, but you know what I mean. Like having Filoni as the senior vice president of live action development you know what i mean or at least like the new creative team or something or some something along those lines yeah that could be really cool um well there's another story that (laughs) made very large rounds (laughs) uh and that was the uh daisy ridley guesting on jimmy kimmel uh with josh gad hosting co-hosting in replacement hosting or whatever it was um, he brought on his old friend Days to do uh, some more Star Wars questions, and he kind of tackled the uh, "Hey, when did you know that you were gonna that you were involved with some of these big spoilers?" And uh, they went into the story, and she also kind of revealed in the story that even even the team that was kind of working on this were constantly switching ideas, wh- whether on purpose or not. We don't know, but um, at one point. Uh, she said she was, you know, early in the, the movies, she was maybe pegged to be related to Obi-Wan. Uh, and then she kind of was nobody. And then even in the last one, they were kind of like toying with keeping her a nobody or somehow connecting her to Palpatine. And um, we all know what they went with. So um, I think this just uh, spawned a bunch of internet discussion, you know, like, <laughs> what they should have done. Lacey, I'm starting with you on this one. What, what, what did you think? Um, how did you think people handled this? And how, how do you even think like Daisy handled it as far as like giving that in, putting that information out there? I'm pretty surprised she said this. I'm not going to lie. I, I knew she would say stuff about Star Wars eventually. And it's been, you know, eight, nine months since the movie came out. So it's like, okay, it's time enough and whatever. But I'm just very surprised she would say this given the reaction to the rise of Skywalker and the reaction to the last Jedi. Um, It's also super confusing with her answer because she's like, Oh, you know, it's kind of was here or there or that or this, but then people took time to like dig through her interview since 2015 and like piece together her answers to that question for all these years. And she got asked right after the TFA, like, by Josh Horowitz from MTV being like, do you know who you, who your parents are? And she was like, yeah, absolutely, I know. It was pretty obvious. Does no one get it? And then all of a sudden she's a nobody. And now she's like, oh, well, we weren't, you know, it wasn't really clear. And it's like, okay, but that's not what you yourself said four years ago. So it was just a little confusing. Besides that, which has nothing to do with Daisy in the sense of it's not her decision whatsoever, um, mm-hmm. I really, really, really wish that Ray was a Kenobi. I've been saying this from TFA to now. I thought that's what the case was. It pointed to it the whole time. Uh, and then you go back to her vision. I went back and watched the whole thing with subtitles and like every quote in that vision is Kenobi. It's like so blatantly obvious <laughs> that it drives me bananas. Um, and then to- uh, wait, wait, it's obvious that she was a Kenobi. Yeah. Yes. Why? The whole vision, if you go down and and you break down... Oh, the vision? The vision she has in TFA, all the comments about her being, you know, all the comments related to becoming a Jedi are from Kenobi. Like, all the comments, even the mm-hmm. end part where they brought in... Well, Yoda's in there, though. Yoda is in there for a couple seconds, but I'm saying the, mm-hmm. the one narrative person that's connecting all the different quotes from 
Sheev from Yoda from Luke mm-hmm. is Kenobi. It's like Yoda, Kenobi, Sheev. And they Kenobi. use both actors. They use they both, use both actors. actors. Yes. Well, yeah, I think yeah. I think the the way to maybe explain that is every other quote that's in there is a is a reference quote to something else. But his quotes, Obi Wan Kenobi's, are Ray, which is specifically new line directed at her. That's not what I'm and saying. And these are your first steps. No, that's not what I'm oh, saying. Okay. What I'm saying is right. every other quote in that vision is from Kenobi him talking to ray so to me hmm. we don't have to get into that conversation now it's very obvious that it was supposed to be kenobi and like the whole movie they're going like who is she who's the girl oh. and like it's clear that someone important was her parents and that person wasn't a bad guy but i digress that being said um yeah this really blew up social media huh <laughs> like people went nuts with this because it's just one of those things like people search for answers and understanding of why things were went the way they did and at the end of the day we're never i'm never going to get the movie exactly how i wanted it you're never going to get the movie exactly how you wanted it it's really unfortunate but that's just how the process went you know one person had it they passed it off to someone else who killed the main bad guy and removed everything that you thought you knew which whether you like his decisions or not that's what he did and then he handed it off to another person who did something completely different. It's like a game of telephone. It's like by the time you got to the mm-hmm. end of it, you were like, Palpatine's Raid's grandfather? And Lawrence Kasten's like, wait, I whispered Kenobi. How did you get there? I said Kenobi. Yeah. So um, other than that, it's really great to see Daisy again. She looks really happy. She looks like she's having a great time. Miss you. Hope she comes back. Yeah. But yeah, she said, oh, never say never. But I think she... Uh, hinted pretty much like her story had a a bow was tied on it so to speak it was tied up um, so she wants to put a bow on her second house <laughs> yeah hmm. what do you think John uh, well first off off the bat it's so funny when you look at Daisy's um, her casualness and talking about it and she was like and then uh, JJ said I was tied to Palpatine which is awesome so she she was she like loved everything. It wasn't like there it wasn't like anything. She was like oh you know, and then there's like I'm picturing her waking up the next day and not even thinking twice about it. Meanwhile, all the fans blow up all over all over social media, and she's just like, that was that was fun. What am I gonna have for lunch today? Like, <laughs> it's it's to, to the actors, it's it's not as big of a deal. And sometimes maybe we should keep that in perspective. But it's like Harrison Ford. I don't care who shot first. Okay, that clip care. is so perfect. It's, a, it's the it, it is perfect, I especially who we said it to. Yeah, um, but you know, the whole like people saying they should have planned the whole thing out or filmed them all at once, and I get that. I do. Uh, I'm sure there have been trilogies or, and movie series that have been planned out Lord from the, the beginning that that weren't good. Oh, um, take that back. But <laughs> but what you know, what if? They did do this, and they released them every two years, but they had them filmed, or they at least had the scripts, and we know how stuff leaks with Star Wars. What if the whole trilogy leaked four, four years ahead of time? It depends. Then they're completely, what, then they're completely the screwed. That's leaking. So, <laughs> no, I would just... Especially you, all of a sudden, now it doesn't like leaks, so all of a sudden you'd be on board with that? Get out of here. <laughs> um... I don't know, like, the, the... What I had always heard, like, two years ago, I was told that... Um, it was JJ's idea to make her a Kenobi and he wanted to set it up, but he had no intentions of coming back, but he kind of like put it out there. Like, there it is. I think she's, a, you know, we're setting her up to, to be a Kenobi in a sense. That's why she's um, British. It, 
Because, I mean, that's a good point that during that vision, the only person talking to her is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Everything else is incendiary comments and, and old quotes on Star Wars calendars. But uh, then, you know, Ryan takes it and he does this nobody thing. But more than that, when she's on the island, he has her her instincts going full and powerfully to the dark. Right. Um, you know, you have Luke saying you went straight to the dark, uh, and that is not a Kenobi trait to me. Um, so I think JJ saw that and he's like, well, it wouldn't make sense then to say, oh, you were a Kenobi the whole time. Then why would she have all these like really dark rooted tendencies? So if you were going to do something, JJ's probably like, well, if she went that full to the dark and they were worried about her power and, and I've only seen Mm -hmm. this raw strength and this raw power once before, the, the Palpatine thing, I hate to say it, makes more sense. Now, the execution, whatever, maybe they should have brought him back earlier. But I think that what Ryan did with Ray, like, just eliminated the opportunity for J.J. to make it a Kenobi, I think. And that's not saying it's good or bad. <laughs> no, it's not. There. But, I mean, if you think about the storytelling process, he's probably like, well, this is what I had thought. Uh, I love uh, the twist that they put on her character here, but... Uh, I don't think a Kenobi would do and go through what she had gone through, uh, where her her power instincts were evil. So what makes the most sense? And they were flirting with Palpatine and TFA with the concept arts and the ideas. So they probably rounded that back out. Kathleen's like, this is the perfect time to bring him back in. It's probably this whole thing. And of course, everybody just thinks it's just JJ with the ping pong balls. Uh, it, it's not. So um, I don't know. It, it should not be that big of a deal, but Star Wars fans are going to make it a big deal. Um, in the end, it's just it, nothing's going to change anything. And uh, and that's that. The other thing really quick, which was super interesting to me, which I completely forgot about, um, was someone sent me an article from EW leading into TFA. That's all about Kenobi. And it was written by Anthony Bresnikan saying how it's possible Kenobi had a kid. And could she be Kenobi's granddaughter? And why mm, yeah. it's Kenobi. And you're like, oh. Wow. And like well, he's the main person in the art and all this stuff. And that's leading into TFA. James, do you remember? We can go back and get the audio for it, maybe. But we had Anthony Bresnikan on before TLJ came out. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we were speculating on Ray and all that stuff. And he's like, I'm just going to say this. I'm paraphrasing here. But I haven't given up on the Kenobi idea yet. And that he he has recently alluded to having have heard things, you know? So, hmm. you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, Lacey, you bring up a, a hard argument, and I, I remember, I remember people speculating that she was potentially a Kenobi, and I, I never got that at all from uh, Force Awakens. But I, to be I fair, feel I've like watched it that, so many times. <laughs> yeah, but I do feel like that is such a, um, like it almost seems like something like if you wanted to be a Kenobi, you could argue that these points make her look like a Kenobi or something, but. I, I do think it is very odd that there, and I said this when Force Awakens came out, that there's no reason for Kenobi to be in that that Force back. It He holds no relevance to the, the story as a whole. So, and I think they just did that as like fans of Kenobi. Now, had they gone the route of making her Kenobi, then, it, then I'd be like, oh, well, that's why it was in there. That makes more sense. Um, so the fact that she isn't, I still stand on canonically. It doesn't really make sense why Kenobi would have any reason to, to come back 
from the force to talk to her in this method when he has really no connection to her. So, so I feel like that's weird, but question. What if the original Kenobi story was that explanation? I I don't I don't think so. You don't think so? That there no. was no mention in the sense of like some understanding of something that That's So you think she like- exi- like say that, say they did go that route and it was Kenobi. How would you explain then that he doesn't know that she exists? Or like he well, doesn't like know his series kid. series takes place when Luke Skywalker is nine years old, you know? No, I know. I'm saying, like, you would have to explain then how he had a kid and didn't know, and then that kid had a kid. Which would have been a disaster. I don't know. It's just interesting yeah. to think, like, maybe could that have been a th- I mean, reason? Pe- people have pointed out a, a particular character in the Clone Wars that looks like a mix between his mom or Satine and Obi-Wan sure. and he you know they've pointed that out before and they were saying that Ray would have been the heir to Mandalore then yeah I mean there could have been some interesting things there I mean look like like I've said before a million times like whatever Star Wars decides to do I'm gonna be like okay that's the story cool yeah right. figure out a way to make it positive and, and enjoy that story mm-hmm. um I uh I definitely going back to like the source of this though I'm I'm kind of not surprised that Daisy said this because to me it is just a throwaway comment and it's fans digging into yeah. what they <laughs> don't like about yeah. uh, the movies and trying to pick apart this thing. Because yeah. to me, I mean, I listen to interviews all the time. I, I I just listened to one where they were talking to a director of a movie from like the 80s or whatever. And they were like, what were you guys thinking when you wrote this? And he's like, well, I mean, we weren't, you know, we, we kind of were doing this and we were doing this. We just kind of thought that was funny. And there's just... There's so much that goes into like just saying things off the cuff. Like, you know, it's just that Star Wars fans are so crazy. You know, like at one point we were kind of, I was kind of doing the character like this, or I was thinking maybe to model it after this person. But then I kind of landed on more of a like this person kind of thing, you know? And it's like, did you hear that originally the inspiration for this character was going to be this person? I'm like, this is a big theory. This was a big theory for many, many years leading up to TLJ. I don't think it's crazy that people are like, what could have been? I don't think that's crazy. That that's that's again that fan entitlement thing though. Where fans are like entitlement because I feel that way. I'm like, man, that would have been cool. But yeah, but you're rational. Some fans are like, oh. They should have done that, and this is BS. And I had this theory and nailed it, and they like they're mad that their theory didn't come true. There's this so this is more like, proof that they had no idea what they were doing. Is another thing too. And I'm I I'm just think like there is a I think when you're in the process of of doing the movie, you're like, look, I'm not doing the sequels, so I'm I'm thinking maybe maybe this is the case, but I don't know. And then Daisy Ridley hears that, and she's like, okay, you know, we'll see where it goes. And then years later, she's like, yeah, at one point we were kind of maybe toying around with this idea, but it didn't happen. We went this direction. And it's like, that's not, I don't feel like that's that crazy of a I think thing, the but. thing that makes it the craziest is not even the possibility of who it could have been that they were playing with, you know? I think it's also that she leads into comments about how JJ didn't know what they were doing and it kept changing that even when she was filming, she didn't know. Like, to me, that's a little crazy. 
Like, how are you supposed to play the part and know what emotions you're supposed to have if you don't know how it's going to end? She's a pro. I actually took that as, as them kind of when when they're doing the movie like having having a backup plan and and also kind of like playing with both of them for the rest of the crew and and things in order to keep secrets well also she's a pro like remember her That's how i tape took it where she's being like interrogated she has no idea what is going on no idea who's interrogating her no idea who her character is and she's crying like the most believable for- performance i've ever seen she just so she, she didn't need to know She's just an ultimate pro actor. That's what it comes down to. I agree. Totally agree. 100%. Daisy is top tier. Really, really great. Remember that video? Have you seen that? Yeah, of course. It's insane. Um, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think, though, that it has to be recognized that there is a level of it wasn't planned and that there things were changing. And I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. wrong. And I'm not saying anybody did anything wrong because I have nothing to do with it. I'm just saying I can understand why people that are unhappy with how certain things went would then go, see, there wasn't a plan. But like, is it, doesn't everyone know that there, there wasn't the plan though? They were kind of saying mm-hmm. that. Like JJ's like, I'm handing it off to Ryan now. Like, and Larry Kazan, like, he's like, I'm just doing that one that I'm doing solo and then I'm done. And then mm-hmm. I, I think it's, the people who didn't get what they wanted don't like that it wasn't planned out. If it wasn't planned out and they got what they wanted, they would have been like, oh, that was awesome. That was such an artistic, creative approach they took on that. It was great. Well, it also to do with whether the payoff was there for a lot of people, I think. JJ also handed off Captain Phasma and then publicly said he was very surprised when Ryan Johnson decided to kill off that character. Ryan killed so it's everybody. Like he had... <laughs> I know, but he had an idea of who he won, where he wanted that character to go, or he thought that was a really cool, I mean, particular go, character. Yeah, yeah, we can go down the rabbit hole forever on this stuff, but again, it's just like I said. I, I, I think that we, I think you said it, John. Like we, ha- we knew that this was. It, I'm doing this one, and I'm handing it off, and yeah. then mm-hmm. somewhere along the lines, and they knew things were going to change. Yeah, whether that's great and, or not, whatever. But wherever you leave it like hey i have i created captain phasma i think she's a kenobi luke skywalker is the greatest in the world i mean whatever like they go different directions and uh, that's just the way that it is but um, i just think but that no I, I mean it also just I points out that maybe Lacey. next time now that they're taking a step back and looking at the series of star wars mm-hmm. maybe they should take that step back to a piece of paper and write an outline before they do their next ones because it just it was all over the place with some stuff. I love them. I feel like that's the biggest criticism. It's yeah. super fun. I love them. I love Star Wars. I will defend it till the end of time. There's a lot of loopholes. <laughs> and Don't I, forget, um, George Lucas didn't have an outline either. So. I know. That's why Leia and Luke are brother and sister and they kiss in the second one. I get it. But I'm just saying like... More than that. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah and I'm also, I'm also assuming too that given some of those little things like Luke and Leia being twins, like, I don't know, man, maybe it could have been seated better. Maybe it is kind of an odd curveball for the third movie and we're just used to it. That's what I'm That's saying. Like, like, I've just known yeah. it. Yeah, but maybe if George would have had the ability to be like, look, here's the thing. We believe in the Star Wars thing. We're going to give you three movies, write the movies. He, if, he would have. I'll, I'll say this and just leave it as my last thought on this. If Ray and Kylo Ren French kissed in The Last Jedi and then J.J. Abrams in Episode 9 made them siblings, 
Think about what the internet would have done. I don't think Leia and Luke French kissed, though. Her tongue doesn't go in his mouth. Well, it was an open mouth romantic kiss. Mm. Are you going to argue semantics on that kiss with me right now? I am. Luke, (laughs) after it happens, Luke goes like this. I'm not (sighs) saying it was a romantic. I'm just saying it was an open mouth. It wasn't a French kiss. Uh, I'm not. (laughs) I'm just saying. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. People in the comments um, are going to agree with me. <laughs> yeah, that siblings kiss each other like that? Sure. No, that's not what I was going to say. Diddling, ding, 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 ding. All right, come on. Let's go. A couple of the things that happened this week that were uh, uh, a little fun and we might want to talk about. Ewan, Ewan McGregor did come out and said that uh, the Obi-Wan series is, in fact, filming uh, next spring, spring 2021. And he confirmed that it is... Um, as far as he's concerned, his understanding of it is that it is only one season and which was a surprise to, uh, everybody except for star Wars newsnet readers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, entertainment tonight called it an exclusive. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> John reported a very long time ago that it was going to be one season and, and probably limited to about six episodes. Did Ash so. read your article or no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No. All right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there's that. Um, so if you're if you're hoping for a long running Obi Wan series, that's probably not going to happen. Um, Lego <laughs> uh, announced a Maz Eisley Cantina set. Um, again, I I don't I don't know. I don't get the Lego stuff. I'm not a Lego fan, and I think it's crazy every time they put out a Lego set because people exactly people are like, oh man, five hundred dollars. There goes my lunch for seven weeks. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like. I I don't that's understand. A, that's a expensive about, lunches. <laughs> there goes my lunch. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. If no? you ten ten dollars ten times I'm terrible at math. Do you not ask me? Seven to would it be seventy dollars. Right. And then seventy dollars times seven would right. be four hundred and ninety. That'd be five hundred. Oh, if you're if you're going out to lunch every day, that's they're very lavish. I bring my lunch to oh, work. Oh, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of like you little PB and J. Yeah. It's my go-to. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't get the Lego thing. And every time they come out with a new one, everyone's like, dang it, I have to have it. And I, uh, they're just printing money. And I'm like, are they? Don't I, buy I'll it. I'll say this. <laughs> don't buy it. If someone if someone sent one to us, I would love <laughs> no, it because sure. it's so cool. But yeah. 400 bucks is, is crazy to me. But yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing here, Babu it's Frick lazy, is lazy actually... Today. No, 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 no. I don't collect Legos. I do not. That is the one thing I don't Because once you start, I feel like it's one of those things like Funko Pops. Like you need... It's oh, not oh, even that. Yeah. It's... Um, they're super cool. And I and I appreciate the people that do buy Lego sets. Um, you know, DJ you Elliot appreciate does. appreciate them? Yeah. I think they're great. I love their... I love you because you buy Lego sets. Well, I think Lego fans are <laughs> really, really enthusiastic more than... Sure. Because, and this is the reason why I don't collect Legos, is because not only do you buy the set, you then have to build it. And I don't have yeah. any patience to do that. Like, you have to go step by step. I I quit. I Okay, I bought the Lego movie. Remember the Lego movie came out? They had the double-decker couch... That he builds, the, ma- yeah. the master builder guy builds, Chris Pratt. Such thing. a good idea. Yeah, it's so funny. It has cup holders. I bought that set thinking it's so funny. I'm going to buy this and then I can like mm-hmm. put it on my desk and display some minifigures on it. Yeah. I got one couch done 
and it wasn't even the full couch. And I was like, I quit. It's in a box in my room right now, sitting on the floor, like all the pieces. So let me ask you this. Would you pay? <laughs> this is so it takes away the whole spirit of Lego. <laughs> would you pay an extra 25% to have it pre-built <laughs> and delivered to your house? No. <laughs> like, here's your mosaic or have someone come over your house and build it for you. Like when they install stuff from like Home Depot. I like the mini figures because they're super cute. And this one particularly, yeah. I think comes with like 21 figures and a speeder and a do back and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's like 3,187 it's, pieces. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's odd. Like if you're going to make the investment into buying it, then I think you're going to enjoy the aspect of building it. I know Lacey kind of was counterintuitive to that, but I think that's generally where it's coming sure. from. Like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all the way. people love that. They like find like, they think it's therapeutic to like sit and just, it's like a puzzle thing. Like I'm not I've a puzzle heard that, person. That pe- yeah. So I've heard people say, I forget, even some of our listeners, I think, maybe in our Discord chat on sure. Patreon, they well, said... I, I mentioned it as one of the things on our live show to do when, like, how new... can you enjoy Star Oh, maybe Wars. that like, was... Get, yeah, a, le- yeah, get yeah. a Lego set and, yeah. and sit down, like, because I think the idea behind it is, like, I bought this thing and my wife is out of town and I am locking myself in the room and I'm good two days straight to <laughs> That's do the... what you're doing if your wife leaves is building Legos. <laughs> I mean, if you have, if, I mean, when are you going to build it if your, if your family is in the house, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You're not going to have time to do it. So when you have your free time, you're like, dude, I'm doing it. This is the weekend. I'm going to build that whole thing and it's going to be great. (laughs) I guess you're just, or or I'm inviting my friend over and we're going to do it together. It's very Spider-Man. Like, come over to my house. We'll build the Death Star. Yeah. (laughs) Um, very last thing, and this is funny because it goes back into Lacey buying things. Babu Frick is <laughs> at Target. Pre-orders available. Talking plush. Uh, Lacey, did you manage to get one or were they sold out? I bought two. <laughs> <laughs> I needed it, so I bought yep. it <laughs> as soon as they announced it. <laughs> what's the old... What's the old uh, uh, black series thing like one one to display one to play actually it's a it? uh, one to display one to give away yeah oh, nice yeah nice. so yeah Lacey asked us when she was picking them up i didn't even wait for them one. to respond i just bought it <laughs> i just asked i responded nice. no but i'm saying like i didn't wait i, just I didn't bought it. yeah oh <laughs> yeah yeah so um i think whenever that arrives or we'll, we'll figure out some way to do it but we're probably going to be doing a uh giveaway for the babu frick the one that the talking plush that is at target we do a retweet con- contest and just say babu click yeah something like i that. hate you can, we, can i just get a yellow lightsaber please like what do i need to do hasbro it's coming what, it's coming it's coming you probably should do the patreon pod race oh all right <laughs> boom that's it for resistance report this week uh Lacey. yeah so it's time for the Patreon pod race. <laughs> so there's lots of ways you can support us. You can like, comment, subscribe to this video on YouTube. You can follow us on all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcasts, R Us, I don't know. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram at the Resistance Broadcast, right? Yes. And then mm-hmm. on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. There's lots of ways. But you can also, if you want more, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast where we have, you know, over 
eight exclusive mini episodes a month, I would say eight is on the low end. Like we put out two, three mm-hmm. videos a week on yeah. top of our and then episodes. the Q&As. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and much more. So our it starts at $2 a month and goes up to a top tier. So I want to start by saying thank you to our top tier, which is our generals. So thank you, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison. Yes, that's correct. And Kendall Gellner. <laughs> I'll Gosh. get it eventually. <laughs> All right. So then... The point of this segment is we give our generals a chance to be on the show and answer a fun question, and then we react to it. So this week, we have General Jeremy from California, and we asked him, Mm -hmm. if you took over the Millennium Falcon, what customizations would you make to the inside of the ship to suit your style slash personality? Jeremy, take it away. What's up, Resistance? How are you guys doing? Taking a break here at work in the smoky, ash-raining California. I definitely would need fantastically upgraded bar on my Falcon. I'm gonna be running from some baddies, be making a bunch of runs, smuggling, doing those kind of things. So I'm gonna need to come back. I'm gonna need a good, good cocktail, or three, or five, uh, something where I can uh, put my feet up on the old uh, holographic chest table, relax. Uh, maybe even uh, if they could figure out how to do a spa where you have like a cover that holds the water in when you're doing flips on these runs. But a way to uh, relax, nice uh, like mineral hot tub in my super loaded out bar. I think that's the way to go for me. I'm uh, very much a cocktail drinker on uh, tough days. so. That's all I got. Hope you guys are well. Missed you guys in the whole celebration. Forward to seeing you guys soon. All right. Nice job, Jeremy. John, as the creator of Make Solo 2 Happen, what did you think of his answer? Uh, well, what's funny about that is I would probably say the same thing. I think I uh, would too. Yeah. He uh, So like a hot tub and then also Crazy. a bar. Hot tub. Like that's amazing. But, yeah, that is so amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I liked his. I liked your answer, Jeremy. First of all, you know, I hope you're doing like California's on fire. I guess so. I hope you're doing all right, man. Gender reveal party. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, upgrading the bar, uh, very key. Having some uh, cocktails after a smuggling run, uh, cool out a little bit, and then hop in the uh, the spa. Yeah, man, a mineral spa. Two- yeah, I think those are two great ideas. A back to spa. <laughs> oh, you know I would take it back to tank. I put that in my thing. Yeah, I, w- I would get rid of both gun turrets and make it one giant tunnel of back to, and then just yeah. hang out my back to tank. No, but Jeremy, uh, great job on. Uh, I had a feeling that you were gonna just hit something cool on this one, so I wanted to give this one to you. But um, yeah, and I know you missed out on uh, the virtual cantina and on the live stream stuff, but maybe on Friday the 25th you're around, and I know you're a big solo fan, so you could join us for that live uh, commentary and, and that party. So um, anyway, uh, we miss you too, man, and uh, great job as always. Thanks for your support. Be well, be safe. My best to you and uh, the, the kids and the fam. James? Mm, no, I mean, it was a good one. Um, I don't know. I, I would not put in a bar, obviously. 
I, I don't know what I would put in actually, but I did, I did like the idea of the hot tub though, because the hot tub is one of those things that I always tease my wife about. Like that's the next big purchase we're going to make, but it never is. Hot tub time machine. Yes. (laughs) I actually love that movie. Like such a weird borderline movie, right? I love it. Is it it good or is it not? (laughs) The whole time where they're trying to figure out how that guy loses his arm. (laughs) Well, now that that actor Clark Duke wants to get in a time machine and go back to when he had a career, that's for sure. All right. Wow. <laughs> Went real harsh. No, um, but I uh, I felt when you said, I probably put it in the bar or whatever, I was like, very Lando of you. It was like the fir- one of the things that Lando was very proud of having mm-hmm. uh, added to the uh, Falcon. So, yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks Jeremy. You did a good job. I think... The hot tub is not only a decision that you would make, but I think I feel like Han would also love a hot tub. You imagine the trouble Han would get in with a hot tub. <laughs> Do you think like his post being frozen thing? He always wants to be warm, so he like oh, yeah, <laughs> put maybe, in a hot tub. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, no, we appreciate you supporting us. Thank you so much. And now we're gonna head to Lacey to do resistance transmissions. Don't come on, don't do it. Thanks, Lacey. Appreciate it. It's time. For resistance transmissions. <laughs> All right, guys. The way this works is every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation, and you guys give your answers on Twitter at rbatswnn, and then he picks what he thinks is the best are the best ones. You get you're all <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> uh, and I read them on the show, and I don't know what the scenario is. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and we'll see what happens. All right. So the situation is after Corday was blown up. <laughs> oh, my God. Posing as Padme. Padme put an ad out looking for a new bodyguard slash double. Knowing it's not exactly a popular job, what does she write in the description to entice people to apply? <laughs> Did you make this image? I made the image. In paint paint <laughs> and <laughs> so you guys at home know it. it's a screenshot of a behind the scenes because there's blue screen uh from mm-hmm. attack of the clones with <laughs> natalie portman and the the guard guy and then <laughs> typho corday on the ground blown up yeah. with her hair all like messed up <laughs> and it's just an arrow and it says this can be you <laughs> that's a cosplay i want to see at a future celebration dead corday. oh yeah that's a good one yeah um, all right. First up is up stuff. yeah, Liam Brazier at Liam Brazier. Hey, Liam. Love your art. Uh, Liam said, would you like a job to die for? Call now. <laughs> <laughs> to the point. Next up is Matt at MIB1188. And Matt said, adventure? Question mark. Excitement? Question mark. A swanky. You don't have to say. You don't have I to always say, say question. question mark. <laughs> <laughs> A swanky suite at the Galactic Senate? Question mark. Do you crave such things? See if you have what it takes to be a senatorial body double. Apply today. Don't let this chance blow up in your face. How come you didn't say the exclamation? That's pretty good. Because the thing is, is sometimes people can't tell that you're asking a question, so I add the question mark. They can't. Well, that's your fault. If somebody goes, All right, adventure? This isn't criticize Lacey segment. This is just let's have fun and read people's answers segment. Period. All right. 
So next is Beer Fett at Beer underscore Fett. Hey, Bethany. She said, I've been dying a little beat. Oh, beat. (laughs) I've been dying a little bit each day since a certain Jedi Knight came back into my life. Dot, dot, dot. So I'm looking for a new bodyguard to pose as me while I sneak away for some us, I mean, me time. (laughs) No questions asked. Yeah. You gotta gotta think they knew what was up. Yeah. They definitely did. They just hit it better than everybody else. Making those twins. All right. We heard it the first time. We just ignored it, John, so you don't have to repeat it. Did Anakin ever come in and like hit on one of the body doubles? I bet it happened. Oh, he would never. He's so loyal to her. Like, yeah, but he no, probably came no, home no, drunk no. one no, night no. and he forgot he didn't know that it was. All right, a, let's a not no. All right. Next up is John Reese at John. I meant S. in an innocent Reesey. way. I didn't. Like he didn't know the difference. Like he's like, oh. John S. Reese. And John said, apply to be my new handmaiden. A recent departure in quotes, needs filled. Oh, yeah, needs filled. Also, there is no chance of an untimely death. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Next up is Kendall-Obi at Galactic Curator. Hey, Kendall. He said, tired of your current squad just not taking fashion seriously? Want to literally look and live like a queen? Single with no family to miss you? (laughs) Okay. Pack up your things and holla time us at 555-555-555-5547 for this exciting opportunity. (laughs) That's quite the Star Wars phone number. It's like 18 digits. (laughs) Yeah, all the fives like movies. Yeah. Next up is T.C. Restani at After Hours T.C. Ooh, do you have another handle that's like during business hours and then he switches over business tc (laughs) wait till you read their message just after hours pc or tc anyway he said or they said uh bodyguard wanted must look like me and have a strong tolerance for assassins body bounty hunters and horny padawans (laughs) what is going on (laughs) You guys are getting crazy. And last but not least is Jim Corbett at jcorb3tt83. And Jim said, do you resemble Kira Knightley or <laughs> Rose Byrne? Follow this link to ZipRecruiter and reply. Or apply. That's all it takes. That is all it That's takes. That's all it takes. They said that when Kira Knightley was in the costume, their parents couldn't tell them apart. I believe it. Um, anyway, thank you guys for your answers. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN and wait for the scenario every week. John puts it up usually mm-hmm. on like Wednesdays, right? Wednesdays. Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday yeah. Wednesday. Back to you, John. Bring it home. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for watching or listening, being a part of TRB. Um, we hope you had a good time with us here. Uh, as you can tell, we obviously had a, a silly good time. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us. Uh, as Lacey mentioned before, you can do that right here on YouTube if you're watching or SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, uh, whichever app you prefer. Uh, it's free. We've got two episodes every week. And of course, uh, coming next month, the Mando Fan Show on Friday. So three times a week. You don't want to miss what we got going on. So subscribe for free and enjoy us there. Um, 
You want to go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more, especially as things start to heat up as Mando uh, comes closer. Uh, Teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast. If you want to buy some of our merch, uh, like we said, Later on this month, we're going to have the Make Solo 2 Happen pins coming. Um, we also have, obviously, our Make Solo 2 Happen shirts and a lot of other stuff there uh, as well. So uh, go check that out and pick up what you like. And hoodies, too. It's starting to get cool out where we are. So uh, oh, yeah. gra- grab a hoodie. They're very, very comfy. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at StarWarsNewsNet.com. I don't know why. It's not back there. I just I don't know why I did that. Um, and uh, talking like JJ in my free time. Um, uh, James, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks. Nice. It's well, actually not over there. I don't know why I did that. The Darksaber is over there, I guess. But no, um, yeah, right here. Lacey? Before I give you where I am, if you guys are looking for cool stuff to get ready for our solo thing at the end of the month or Mando fan show, want something to match with your shirts from our store, head over to jewelrybrands.shop and use yes. TRB at the checkout Boom. and you'll get 10% off. They have really I cool stuff di- from all the different movies. Um, so if you're looking for anything, they have it. <laughs> like literally, I got the light up Millennium Falcon pin. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's super Sick. cool. I was on, I was on there today looking at stuff just to browse around. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. They get new stuff all the time, so definitely check back. Um, and we'll have a contest with them later this month. So stay tuned for that. So TRB at the checkout. Boom. Yes. Um, but you can find me having a great time on the internet. At Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, we will see you on Thursday morning, where we're going to be joined by Ming Chen, who is going to be joining us. Uh, you know him probably from uh, Kevin Smith's Comic Book Men on AMC, which is now on Amazon. Uh, he's going to nerd out with us. We're going to have a good time kind of blending the world of comics and Star Wars. He's a huge Star Wars fan himself. So it's going to be a another fun episode like we had last Thursday for you. So we're really excited for that. So uh, for now, just enjoy your weeks and hope everyone's uh, doing well out there. We'll see you Thursday morning right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. <laughs>